Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Mariella Meets. I'm Mariella Frostrup, and each week I'll be bringing you a selection of the best interviews from our favorite guests. Movers and shakers from the worlds of art and entertainment, politics, business, music, and wider society. To discuss everything from their latest endeavors to career highlights and early beginnings. Intimate, in-depth talk with pioneering talents and fascinating folk. Discussing the stuff that matters to them and how they scaled the slippery slopes of success. As Chief Executive Officer of Anne Summers, she's one of the UK's most successful and high-profile businesswomen. Her infamous Anne Summers parties brought vibrators into the sitting rooms of Middle England, but they also gave women a chance to earn their own money and take control of their lives. She's an activist for women in business, championing female entrepreneurs, and through sharing her own experiences, aims to better the working environment for all women. This Friday, she can be seen in a BBC Two programme, Womanhood, in which six successful women from different different walks of life, spanning different age ranges, backgrounds and experiences, come together to tackle some of the most hotly contested issues facing women today. Uh, welcome to you, Jacqueline. Very nice to have you on the program. Hello, Mariella. Good to be um, here. Tell me a, a little bit more about womanhood and, and why you wanted to take part in the program. What was it that compelled you? Because I know you're a busy woman. I wanted to take part. I actually... Um, I mean, I've always been very passionate about empowering women, uh, whether that be in the bedroom or in the workplace. So um, I just felt this was just an amazing opportunity to learn more, um, you know, share our own life experiences and at the same time, you know, discuss what I think are still really important topics. I think that, you know, I remember when we celebrated the suffragettes and, and uh, you know, some people said the hundred years of the suffragettes and some people said it's job done. I thought it so isn't job done, especially when we look at over 50 years ago, the Equal Pay Act and the Women's Liberation Movement promised change. And, you know, I think we need to ask ourselves whether that has actually happened. And I think this program will definitely create that debate. Well, I think we've just had, haven't we, um, you know, the Equal Pay Day that the Fawcett Society marks, which marks the day at which women stop earning, uh, basically, in your average financial year as a result of the pay gap. So that is a, a big anomaly, isn't it, when it comes to equality? What else do you think are the outstanding issues? Yeah, it really is. But, I mean, there are so many issues. I mean, from, um, you know, women... In, uh, 
you know, working mums, I mean, that comes up very clearly. And it's really interesting to hear people share those stories. We also talk about how women are treated at home, whether that be some women uh, victims of coercive control. And there's, you know, from the, the six of us, there are, um, you know, the, the women that I, I worked with on this program sharing their stories of coercive control. Um, I think consent is a massive one right now. And, you know, I think of myself, I have a 12-year-old daughter. I think that so much more needs to be done on education. And then, of course, there's the challenges around uh, social media and, um, you know, the massive impact that ha that has, particularly on young people and, you know, their happiness, you know, depends on uh, how many likes they get and, uh, you know, just the the influence of social media and, um, you know, what that does to young women and, and, and how that uh, impacts them. So mm. I think I think there are so many topics. I think this is going to be really compelling viewing. I think it's going to trigger important discussions well after the programme has aired um, on, on, on home, the workplace, and just how safe women feel, you know, walking in the streets alone when it's dark. You know, these are really important topics that are still very relevant uh, to women. I mean, I have to say, watching the program, which is really fascinating, the only thing that really frustrated me was that it seems that sort of 50 years of, of female endeavour has been crammed into one short program, you know, and when you think that we make up half the population and our experience is, you know, extremely relevant to the world, um, it does feel a bit reductionist that, that you've had to sort of run the gamut of every single issue that could affect <laughs> any woman at all, um, you know, in such a short space of time. Did, did, did you feel that? at all um yes I, I i think it's fair to say i did i mean it, it's um it was extremely i mean we filmed non-stop for two weeks it was extremely intense and i know that everything that we did won't make the cut which which is a shame but equally i think this um you know this will i really hope this this inspires change and and inspires people to do things differently i know for example you know i you know i was talking about that that whole university piece you know women going to young women are going to university expecting to be assaulted and that to me horrifies me and that's something that i want to pick up as a personal challenge so i think many of us um you know we I think we all uh, expressed empathy and certainly a great camaraderie between each other. Um, and I think, you know, we will be we will be taking up that baton and I hope that it will inspire other women to do too. It is interesting, isn't it? You know, you put six women in a room and they become friends and confidants, uh, you know, and that is invariably the case. And yet, you know, the whole thing about men in business has always been about men's clubs and men supporting each other and men sticking together and men going and playing golf together and, and all of those things. And, and as women, we don't seem to have managed to empower ourselves in, in the same way. Why do you think that is when we're so naturally collaborative? We really are. And, and that was just such an amazing thing. We all walked into, you know, into this house. We didn't know each other. We were from all different backgrounds, as you said, and different ages with different views as well. And yet we did have this amazing um, collaboration and, and support for each other and empathy. Um, I, I think in answer to your question, in my own experience, I think that I think there's a number of things that drive these behaviors we know that social media is playing a big part um 
in in you know how young women uh, you mean in terms of being divisive you mean in terms of being divisive yes and i think also in what is expected what's expected of them particularly where body image is concerned but i think social i think early life social condition conditioning plays a massive part and this is just a this is not the program talking this is my personal opinion Mm. that in that i i i feel that you know we we bring boys up to be brave and girls to be helpful or perfect and you know that's not you know it perfect isn't achievable anyway um but we need to bring girls up to be empowered and i think that's that's something as parents that we need you know, we really need to do. I, I, I know with my own daughter, when she was five years old, I I did a lot of um, public speaking early on in my career. And I took her when she was five to one of those speaking events because I wanted her to see mummy on stage. Um, I wanted her to think this is, this is normal. This is something women do. And I want mums that, particularly working mums, to not feel guilty and to actually feel that they are in, inspiring their daughters and empowering them by sharing those those type of work experiences. I know you do a lot of mentoring outside of, you know, your your, your day job, as it were. Um, what do you think is the biggest issue that, 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 that women, particularly young women, face when it comes to confidence? Why are they so much less confident in so many scenarios than their male counterparts? Well, you know, if I get asked one question, the, the main question I get asked most of the time is imposter syndrome, which is a, is a form of lacking of, in confidence. Um, so in addition to what we were, what we were just touching on there, I think, you know, I think that women just don't feel comfortable in raising their head above the parapet. And we need um, successful women particularly to do that. We need them to raise their head above the parapet. We need them to boldly celebrate their success, shout about their achievements so that younger women coming up that pipeline, that younger women that are, you know, looking to uh, be successful in their careers or maybe have the confidence in starting their own businesses, um, you know, that this becomes the norm. So, you know that that for me is a, is 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 important as well i loved um your advice in particular that i found in one article in particular the idea of sending yourself an email listing all the things that you've succeeded at uh, in order to basically inspire you at times when you might be feeling less confident tell me a little bit about that do you do yes. that for yourself i i i certainly did um years ago and it it's amazing how powerful that is. And what I say to, to women is, you know, if you are somebody that perhaps is nervous about going into, um, you know, a board meeting for the first time, maybe, or an important meeting, or maybe you're going to do a pitch, or maybe you're going to a networking event, these can be very intimidating uh, situations for women, because they're often those environments where, you know, it's usually dominated by men. Um, but if you can write that email to yourself of all the things that you've ever achieved in your career and then, you know, 10 minutes before you or if you're having a wobble or 10 minutes before you go into that important um, situation, read it back to yourself and suddenly your shoulders go up, your head goes goes high and you suddenly realise I am awesome. Look at what I've achieved in my life. And I think we're so used to playing down our achievements and so used to allowing 
the men to shine in our lives. And we've seen our mothers do that, that, um, you know, we are, you know, we tend to be more sort of gracious and polite and, and more reserved, but we have to, we have to put ourselves forward and we have to remind ourselves of how damn good we really are. Do you think we should also um, be listing our attributes? Because one of the things that was really striking in the programme was this um, group of young women that you meet on a, a night out in Leeds. And, and they are beautiful girls. I mean, they, they were beautiful girls. Now, uh, all four of them, I think it was, are all you know deeply invested in plastic surgery. One of the girls um, described getting her lips you know, inflated just for a night out as though you'd put on a lipstick or, or something like that. Mm. And, and these were girls, you know, in their late teens, I think. What, what on earth is it, do you think, that's got young women to the point where they can be that dissatisfied with their looks and feel that it's a normal thing to do to 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 go out there and engage with with procedures in order to change the way they look just to look like influencers or whatever yes i i think there's a couple of things i think first of all and and by the way it was terribly sad and even when we talked to them and said but you know actually when you have all this work done it makes you look older you know they just it was like it was almost falling on deaf ears Mm. um i think that Obviously, social media, and there's a lot of these aesthetic type um, apps and, and and people that you can follow that, uh, you know. Well, we were just and, talking oh, earlier about um, actually the, happily a ban being brought on, on advertising those procedures to, to people under 18. But I mean, that, that would seem like just the very tip of the iceberg, a sort of no brainer, really. You don't advertise cosmetic surgery to children. No. And, you know, the... the um, where they're being inspired is by people like Kim Kardashian, you know, and these type of, you know, she's obviously a massive influencer. Um, and then there'll be other influencers. So you you can't ban influencers um, that just talking about that these girls uh, aspire to be. I think it's about building their their self-worth and their confidence. And, uh, and you know, this has to be done, done at a young age through education and through school through uh, the way they're brought up and and, um, the role models that they have in their lives. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jacqueline, you were talking there about, you know, self-worth and, and confidence. Tell me about the young Jacqueline going into this meeting and pitching to a group of male board members the idea that you would have uh, Anne Summers parties and, and, and you know, embolden women uh, in terms of buying sex aids and lingerie, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, uh, in their own homes. Well, Mariella, first of all, that was 40 years ago. I was 21 years old. And um, I remember walking down this narrow corridor into this room of grey-suited, middle-aged men, um, absolutely terrified, and but, but passionate. I was extremely passionate about my idea. Um, and I remember talking to them and talking them through, you know, these women that I'd met at this Pippa D party where I got my my idea. And one board mem- member actually stood up, threw his pen down on the table and said to me, well, this isn't going to work, is it? Women aren't even interested in sex. <laughs> so uh, I remember biting my lip and thinking, oh my goodness, this obviously says a lot more about his sex life than it does about my idea. Yeah, but um, I thank all those women for um, helping me prove him wrong because, you know, Anne Summers has now become a female institution and, uh, and, and a hugely successful, a successful business uh, 40 years later. Where did you get the confidence, though, at 21 years old with no business experience, really, to speak of? Where did you get the confidence to push through with your ideas? Because that's what we're talking about, isn't it? We're, we're talking about investing young women with the sense that, you know, yes. even if the world tells them that they don't have what it takes, they actually might have. For me, it was courage. And that's what I encourage young, what I encourage young women to do, you know, If you have the courage to step outside your comfort zone, I promise, as with me, great things do happen. And your confidence follows, you know, as you as you start to succeed and you see something about your idea is working, you know, that and you have good um, cheerleaders around you and good mentors. And, you you know, you make sure that you, uh, you know, follow on Instagram people that you admire rather than, you know, these, you know, uh, you know, influencers, please don't get me wrong. They really have an important pl- place. We have, uh, you know, fabulous influencers working for Ann Summers. But when you're trying to build your confidence, it needs to be the right type of in- influencers. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, uh, you know, how do you, how do, I mean, how do you make those choices? You know, you, you must be choosing people, I presume, when, when they're influencers, influencers involved with Anne Summers, you're choosing women who look sex, sexy and, and, and appealing because that's the product that you're selling. You're not going to pick people who look, you know, you're not going to do sort of fat readers' wives, are you? Well, actually, Mariella, this, this, this isn't strictly true. 
and I know it would be people's um, perhaps, uh, you know, perception. Um, one of the, and there's, there's two things about this. First of all, from a business perspective, I feel very strongly that one of the things successful business people do, and certainly we do, is we know what we stand for. You know, we, and Summers, stands for sexual empowerment for every woman. And I believe every business should do this. You know, you have to really stand for something, put your st stake in the ground and own it. Um, just, you know, going back to that question you've just asked about influence, uh, influencers and models that, you know, we pick models that match our brand values. So when we, when I say we stand for every woman, sexual empowerment for every woman, in our campaigns, you will see amputees, you will see um, women of all sizes, women of all colour, you will see um, women with pink hair, women with tattoos, you will see size 10 models, you'll see size 20 models, you'll see um, trans models. I it's not a tick boxing, boxing exercise. It has to be authentic. And that's what we do. And, you know, if we're talking about business, that's the advice I would give new business do think, people. Do you think, Jacqueline, that there's been a transformation in, in, in the sort of sex industry? And I don't mean, uh, you know, in terms of sexual tra trafficking or anything like that, but in terms of, you know, a company like yours, because I, I'm old enough to remember the very, very beginnings of, of Anne Summers. And, you know, back then it really sort of did feel like a, a shop that sold things uh, that would titillate men. And now, as you say, it's a huge empire built on empowering women sexually. Do you think that that transformation has, has, has taken place to the extent you'd like to see it? Or do you think women are still reticent about owning that space and, and, and owning their bodies and their experiences? So I think from um, an Anne Summers perspective, I think absolutely, you know, one of the things I'm extremely proud of is, is driving that almost culture change you know it's been amazing because we've gone from the raincoat brigade as you sort of referred to to what we have now is a female institution 80 percent of our customers in store are women we have an army of women in our our um sisterhood which is like party plan channel um and you know uh, uh, all doing extremely well particularly during lockdown when everybody was investing in their relationships <laughs> but um i think in terms of have we come far enough and i think this is where womanhood the program that um actually airs on friday at 9 p.m. on bbc2 um i think covers a lot of these types of subjects around sex workers you know i went to uh, a strip club i had a lap dance we also um you know, talk to, we talk a lot about pornography. And I think for me, one of the things that I found particularly difficult with the, um, with the young people going to university is that I think a, a lot of these problems are being led not just by dating apps, but also by pornography that is so accessible now online. And I think there are so many men or young boys that see that pornography and think that's normal. And it's, of course, not normal. It's, it's fantasy. And then there is some of these young women we were, you know, when you talk about, I don't, don't know if it's, um, I think it's in the cut, but the, there was a labiaplasty, for example, which is driven by seeing pornography and thinking this is what my partner wants to, what, you know, expects me to look like. And I think that that is quite sad how that is impacting women.
It's really interesting you say that because I suppose as the CEO of Ann Summers, you'd be the last person that people would expect to hear uh, speaking out against the proliferation of pornography and how it's affected us culturally. I mean, I bang on about it all the time, but I'm really fascinated to hear you say it. Yes, because I've I, that's the culture change I've driven over the last 40 years. It's not something you can change overnight, but... Um, you know, when you have when 80 percent of, of your customers are women, you know, I totally respect my customers. They are my my biggest inspiration. My you know, that's how, you know, I as a 21 year old with no business experience um, learned to become so successful because I've always listened to my customer. And, you know, that's we don't we don't sell pornography. We sell empowerment. We mm. sell orgasms. Um. You were diagnosed, uh, I understand, with breast cancer in, in, in 2016. Um, you know, that, that is a moment, isn't it, in, in any woman's life where you're suddenly confronted with your mortality, um, as it were. Did it make, did it change you? It completely changed me. Um, you know, and it's been an incredibly, you know, difficult five years. Um and it changes, you know, anything that has, that is going to be life changing, you know, is, um, is traumatic and magical at the same time, which sounds a bit weird. But for me, because of the type of person I am, I had to find opportunity in this, you know, traumatic period. And I've had a lot of trauma in my life, you know, I lost my son at eight months old. And, you know, I've had a bullet through the post. I've had you know, a number of difficult challenges. And I, I'm a very resilient person. And I do that by finding, you know, what what good can come from this experience. And um, so for me, you know, I, I'm obviously made a lot of health changes. Um, and I think, you know, I've invested a lot of my time in supporting and helping, you know, breast cancer now. And I brought out a completely new range for my business. I had a whole year to think about it, but I suddenly realized that, you know, when I was going to see my oncologist and the consultants, there was no concern whatsoever for my sexual well-being. And yet when, you know, an uncle of mine was going to see the same or the similar consultants for his prostate cancer, the first thing they asked them about was his sex life and how he went to the toilet. But it almost felt too trivial for us, you know, us as women and other women I've spoken about. So I think actually having that empathy and that insight and realizing that women with any type of trauma, actually, whether it be, you know, childhood abuse, which is, again, something that I've experienced, um, you know, we I, I basically came up a range that was, you know, therapy through to pleasure through that lens, through that sort of caring lens. Um and it's a range called My Viv, which is also available in Boots. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's something that I'm I'm very proud of. But it, it you know, it just, I am, I am somebody, uh, you know, going back to what you said about the breast cancer, I am, I, I, my, I think my attitude changed. I immediately became, uh, right, let's put a strategy together. How can I, how can I, uh, you know, change my life? How can I, how can I recover from this? Um, and I've always been a warrior in the way I, I, I look at things. Uh, whenever there's a, um, a challenge, 
I always sort of put my my armor on and uh, think to myself, you know, I am. I remember my I remember my oncologist saying to me, "This is not curable. This is treatable." And I said, "Yes, but there are people out there that have been that have been cured. Yes, but that's only 0.01%." And I thought, well, somebody's got to be that 0.01%. It may as well be me. Thanks for listening to Mariella Meets with me, Mariella Frostrup. There'll be more from the podcast next week, so make sure to download the free Times Radio app to never miss an episode. And don't forget, you can catch the live edition of my programme every Monday to Thursday, 1 till 4, on Times Radio. Catch you next time.